Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. folks it's v the grill economist coming to you live on this edition of the outer limits with jet blake and i'm proud to say that we have been banned on youtube for another seven more days or so uh we will be back eventually but the the, the most amazing thing is folks the most amazing thing is on all of our platforms twitch d live float and if you have spotify or amazon music or even apple music we're there too we're growing by leaps and bounds. We're everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. And we have with us today the scientist at large, the one and only Jet Blake. And today he's going to take us to some real deep, heavy stuff. So make sure you get your notebooks ready. Make sure you got your coffee ready or whatever caffeinated beverage of your choosing ready. Because we're about to get deep, folks. We're about to get real deep. And with that being said, without further ado, Jet, how are you, sir? How's it going? Oh, real well, V. Um, had a, a good weekend. The weather was nice uh, where I was. I think your weather is pretty similar, similar. to ours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yesterday, a, a beautiful sunny day and warm. Yeah, it was. And, man. Yeah, I didn't know uh, on on YouTube that strike that you had. Did they tell you what it was about or do you have no, any? They, they just hate us. Honestly speaking, it, it was yeah. it's. They're not, we, we went through the video, we challenged the strike, and um, they're just not even explaining to us what happened. And it was a strike from like uh, a show that Cowboy and I did, uh, as well as a show with, of course, Gus. But it's, but we didn't say, you know, we didn't say anything hateful or anything bad. So it, it was so completely out of the norm. It made no sense whatsoever. Okay. That, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah. That's a very unstable platform who knows no, it really is it, it, yeah. it's like what, what whichever purple haired you know as gus would say beaver bumper is uh is managing the fort that day uh you know playing whack-a-mole with channels that's that that's who's gonna you know that that's who's gonna determine whether your 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 content is legit or not it's terrible yeah well yeah but when i uh i i texted you it's um, today's show is really going to be like stepping into uh, an advanced uh, university classroom. So this is, I, I had difficulty boiling this down. This is a three hour lecture yeah. that I had given in the past. 
So uh, if it's a little choppy or the audience has a trouble following the presentation, uh, I want to uh, maybe that's probably my my fault as far as trying to condense three hours into one hour, but I'll do my best and, and see how this goes. So I'll get uh, started right away, but you can go ahead and uh, interrupt me too, if you have any questions. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Okay, absolutely. I just well, don't want to keep rambling on. Yeah, we, we, we flow very on. well. Yes. So, yeah, let's jump into it. And I think the audience, after listening to you for the last two years, they're, they're, <laughs> they're ready to get into the deep stuff now, man. Okay, so uh, Classroom has, has started. We're going to go back into ancient history around uh, 1350 BCE. And uh, this is the time period, 1350 to 1047 BCE, when the nation of Israel was really still sectioned into the tribes of Israel. He had <clears throat> Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons later became the 12 tribes of Israel. <clears throat> yes. During, during this uh, period, the uh, tribes of Israel had various inherited let's, territory lands, and they had their uh, communities, cities, uh, but they're re really 12 large families. They're all cousins. And <clears throat> that time period, they were governed by judges the judges of Israel. In fact, there's one of the books in, in the biblical canon is called Judges for that very reason. And this is before they became a monarchy where King Saul was the first king of that uh, territory, the, the uh, modern-day uh, Palestine area. Well, the first uh, judge of Israel was Othniel. And uh, at that time period, you had the five Axis lords that surrounded the Palestine area. They were the Philistines, the Canaanites, the Sidonians, the Hivites, Amorites. And then you had uh, cousins to the Hivites, the Perizzites, but <clears throat> Hittites and, and others. So these five Axis lords... In, in that surrounding area, sometimes there were uh, periods of peace. A lot of times there were a period of war and conflict. And it's very interesting as to how this uh, developed. Othniel came into being after uh, Joshua had passed away. And Othniel defeats Cushan Rishathaim. He was the king of Syria. And uh, the king of Syria, they were one of the five Axis lords. But there's an ancient uh, language. There's, there's the same theme or thread that these uh, period of judges, when they had major uh, battle victories, it always stated that the land was at peace. That's the same Hebrew expression used over and over in these ancient texts. So in Othniel's case, the first judge of Israel, defeat of Syria, the land was at peace for 40 years. And this account starts in, in Judges, the third chapter. After I had Ehud, and uh, that it's, it's a very 
it's kind of a gory, gory story, but he killed uh, King Eglon. Uh, Ehud was left-handed. That's an interesting account. Uh, I go into detail in a three-hour lecture uh, how this uh, took place. But uh, King Eglon was not necessarily a good guy, so he was uh, murdered by Ehud. And after that incident, there was peace in the land for 80 years. Then you had Shamgar. Not too many people are familiar with Shamgar. He didn't live very long uh, as one of the, the judges, but he was a predecessor of Samson. Uh, Shamgar had superhuman strength. Mm-hmm. There was an he killed 600 Philistines uh, with a cattle goad. Oh, wow. And uh, in, in that account, uh, he was in battle. This might be interesting. He was in battle for over 24 hours. Now, uh, I'm not advocating this uh, per se. I, I just, uh, have you ever seen like MMA fighting? Or uh, Yeah, I, I mean, if you don't take like, you know, uh, you know uh, breaks at the end of each two-minute round, you'd be dead. And they only go for five rounds maximum for championship fights. But can yeah. you imagine warring for 24 hours a day? I mean, the Bible says that. David ran. He chased the uh, the, the the Canaanites right he, he, on, on foot for days, and then after he caught up with him, he he warred with him for hours. Yes, you know, it's it's incredible the type of physical endurance and strength that humanity had back then compared to where we are right now. It's it's it, it, I mean we're such a a bad carbon copy. It's a, it's unbelievable. Right, and there's interesting dynamics. I'm going to hint a little bit. I won't go into detail. Uh, again, I I, I wish. Uh, if people are interested in this topic, you could hear the entire three-hour lecture course. I mean, it's actually, it's PhD-level mind-blowing. Um, I'm only touching the highlights for the sake of time. But uh, Shamgar, to to kill, to fight over 24-hour period, 600. Now, these are 600 professional soldiers. So these, w- these would be the equivalent of highly trained uh, infantry, cavalry, or like Navy SEALs. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you look at, like you said, today's fighting, the, the MMA cage fat uh, fighting uh, with, with the breaks, but it's brutal. And uh, like if you said they go five rounds, they're exhausted, 24, they're, they're, 600. They're yeah. So this is obviously the reason why I bring it up. It's, it's not hum, normal human strength. So we're dealing with what's happening with individuals, in this case, superhuman strength. Where's that coming from? Because this is not a normal human organic behavior to be able to have that kind of stamina um, with, with such casualty. And uh, Samson, of course, we'll talk a little bit later uh, in a few minutes, dwarfs what Shamgar did. Okay, yeah. so the, the land had peace after that event. Then you had Deborah and um, Barak. And that's where uh, Sisera had 900 uh, ch- chariots. Yeah, and uh, so you're talking about the rule of judges. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going through the list of judges now. Yeah, and and what happened after these decisive battles with these access lords? How the it, the text always says the land was at peace, and I'm yeah. emphasizing the land at peace because this ties in. I'll tie this all in at the end of the show, but it ties into last week's show, and I dropped some hints last week about this week's presentation. So if you can hang with this, will all make sense, hopefully, <laughs> uh, in, in the next 50 minutes. 
I'm not wasting people's time. This is fascinating. It really is. Cicero had 900 chariots uh, alone, plus uh, marksmen, uh, arrow, uh, archery, archers, slingshotters. Uh, they, they, they were they used a lot of slingshots back then and weaponry, and these guys were dead accurate. So they, they could get a, a smooth rock projectile. David did, did this with his encounter with the, the giant uh, Goliath. But they, they, could, they can get these uh, marksmen with slingshots. They get these smooth rocks, and, and they whip the slingshot, and when they release it, it's a gunshot. In fact, there's a pop sound as they're, they're swirling. <laughs> it pops because it breaks the speed of sound. Holy so cow, these, man. So this is a man-made slingshot. But uh, with the wrist action and the way they designed the slingshots and released it, it actually popped. It cracked, same as a gunshot, because it Jeez. broke the speed of sound. So we, when you would get hit by these slingshotters, you're dead. It, yeah, put a hole in your head like it did with Goliath. It's the same right. as getting hit with a uh, a bullet like in the Civil War, uh, the Revolutionary you know, War. It's like a regular head. slingshot, you know. And I'm like, wow, the slingshot must have been miraculously empowered in order to take down the Nephilim Goliath, you know. No, these, these but, were no. This 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 is like a like a fifty caliber hitting his head. Right. So they would have a pouch. They would collect before warfare. They would have a pouch of specially selected. They go in the creeks and everything. Get these rounded, uh, uh, certain stones. weights, stones, sure. and they'd have a whole pouch of them. So they could reload and pile, reload, swing, pow, 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 pow. I mean, it is, you might as well almost have a a, a, a gun, a oh, rifle with a cart. Yeah. So. Don't don't think that they uh, they weren't lethal back then. Oh so there God. there was a, a a massive army. Uh, Cicero, nine hundred chariots, and you might have seen in Hollywood. Cicero was the, the, the one like the Egyptians. He had uh, he had these blades, these iron blades sharpened. They were a four to six fan blade on the wheels. So when when the chariot riders would run through these battalions, uh, that would slice up your leg and thighs. Wow. The uh, yeah, yeah, you know, kind of like uh, on the movie Gladiator, we, we, we've seen, yeah, that. like Gladiator, right? So, uh, yeah. this was this was uh, this was a mean force, and uh, the uh, Deborah and Barak uh, was able to confront this. And after that decisive battle, again, it says the land was at peace, the land mm -hmm. was at the rest, for yeah. 40 years. 40 years, and that's Judges, the fourth chapter, 40 years. Then you get into Gideon. Gideon was a – that's a very interesting story. Gideon and the 300. So there's yeah. a lot of Hollywood uh, movies based on the – Yeah, this, this is the original 300. This, this is the original 300. <laughs> and um, what's interesting is uh, Gideon, uh, when I read that account in, in Judges 6th, 7th, 8th, 8th chapter, it kind of reminds me – if I back then I'd be kind of like Gideon because when he was approached, you had the you had Midian, uh, Amalek or the Amalekites and the right. Easterners, and it was so bad. Uh, they just recently they're they found more and more of these. This was a period where uh, these Israelites, for example, they had very extensive tunnels and hidden caverns against these uh, marading bands. And some of them were marading bands of 10,000 plus. And they would come in and they would just pillage. The, I mean, they would steal women. Yeah. They would steal all the camels and uh, 
livestock, beef, mm-hmm. and and um, grain, uh, all, all the grains of, of the harvest. Just like a swarm of locusts, the historical accounts would say that these uh, Midianites, the Malachites, the Easterners would come in. So they uh, built these underground cities, these tunnels and these uh, living quarters with hidden entrances. And uh, the archaeologists, archaeologists are finding these mass tunnels and caverns, and that's where they had to live for many uh, decades. Yep. And uh, they, when they got wind, they would have scouts. Mm. And these scouts, believe it or not, these scouts were interesting because you had mentioned as far as superhuman strength. These scouts would be able to run 24 miles, and they yeah. ran faster than today's Olympic gold medalists. Well, I believe that. In, in Mar- and marathons yeah so they were trained as kids for long distance running with very limited water and they would train to be scouts so when they would see these ten thousand plus bands coming in uh these kids that were trained uh from youth long distance runners they're like 18 19 20 years old they're scouts so they're they're 25 miles out see these and they book man they run like the best athletes you've ever seen in your life or back then would run and come in and say they're coming. And that would literally give uh, 12 hours heads notice. And then they yeah. would all split and go into those uh, hidden caverns and, and um, tunnels and close up the open. And it's, it's fascinating if you look, look through history, but anyway, uh, Gideon uh, was able to defeat a large army of over 20, 24,000, probably 30,000 of the Amalekites with just 300 men. And uh, after that account, the land was at rest for 40 years. So you keep hearing this, the land. Why is the land at rest for 40 years? Now, what's interesting is the Amalekites, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Have you ever seen the move, the series of movies called uh, Lord of the Rings? Yes, of course. One of my favorite movies and books of all time. Yeah, they they had several uh, movies, and they're real long. They're like two hours uh, each, and you can imagine the expense of all the costumes and actors that they had uh, in those series of movies, Lord of the Rings. But um, right. a lot of that that uh, the, the the themes of Middle Earth and uh, the, the different creatures, yeah, and. and uh, the uh, the wizardry, you know, the wizards, and you got good guys and bad guys, and that's actually, in a way, it's not that far off because the Amalekites were sorcerers. Interesting, and um, they were known to turn themselves into animals to avoid detection. Kind of like the Native Americans and their skinwalker legends. Skinwalker, yeah, it's the same group. It's the same group. It's skinwalkers. So the Amalekites, the the Amalekites, when you hear about skinwalkers and change, and that with the Native American tales and the encounters, even to this day, there's some TV shows about Skinwalker Ranch. And so, well, uh, we're dealing with um, how do I say this? We we were we could be most likely dealing with entities that I would say aren't average Joe six pack. If, if you get my drift, the chances are that a lot of these still exist today. So this, when you read these, these texts, you can 
there's a tendency to kind of gloss over it and just be read it at a very superficial level. Sure. But there's been a lot of hanky-panky and weirdness on planet Earth for thousands and thousands of years. And a lot of it is subterranean and underground, and we're not uh, privy. Mm. You know, we've got shopping malls and movie theaters and uh, Mustang GTs and uh, amusement parks and uh, basketball and hockey and football and all these distractions. But behind the scenes, there's always been very weird and strange stuff. So the Amalekites were sorcerers. They they kind of had a, a, a demonic or alien off-planet uh, connection. So sometimes just because someone might look human might not necessarily mean they are organic like, like you and I. So I'll just, uh, I'll leave it at that, but just keep that in the back of your, your mind. Uh, then there was Tola. Tola was a judge of Israel, 23 years, Jer, 22 years, Jephthah. That was in, uh, another interesting account. It judges the 10th chapter, uh, Jephthah and, uh, he reigned for six years. There is Ibsen, seven years, Elon, 10 years, Abdon, eight years, and then it finished up with Samson. Samson's probably, Samson and Gideon are probably two of the more famous judges, but Samson uh, had that uh, superhuman strength. And um, for 40 years, when, when Samson became a judge of Israel, for 40 years, Israel went rogue. Uh, they, they came under uh, the Philistines' uh, domination, and the Philistines were very uh, they were brutal, oppressive, and, and brutal. Yep. And what's interesting is uh, Samson was a Nazarite. So uh, Na uh, Nazarite came from the Hebrew group uh, Nazir. Mm -hmm. So Nazir means unpruned. Unpruned. Uh, a Nazarite had, uh, there are different types of Nazarites. Na uh, to be a Nazarene, usually you, you entered a contract. Now you could enter a contract, a one, two, five, ten-year contract, or in a few cases, it was a lifetime contract. Examples of some lifetime contract Nazarites uh, was Samson, Samuel, uh, John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer. Uh, they were lifetime Nazarites, but you could enter a, a short-term one, two, five, ten-year uh, contract. But a, a Nazarite was not to have any product of the grapevine, mm -hmm. uh, no, no configuration. So uh, no grapes plucked from the grapevine, no raisins, no wine, no uh, vinegar, no ah. juice, like grape juice, no, nothing, yeah. nothing uh, of the grapevine. They were not to cut their hair, and they were not to touch a dead body. So, um, there, again, this three-hour lecture, it's fascinating if I uh, went into details. What was involved as far as field theory physics? The human body, the human body energy signature, the DNA, and the importance of not having anything, any product of the grapevine, not cutting the hair and touching a dead body. There's a reason for all that. It will absolutely uh, blow your mind, but that that would easily be an hour conversation. That was one hour of the three-hour uh, lecture. Sure. Wow. So these are the classes I used to teach many years ago. And, and um, yeah, we have, the, we we have to go through that here, man. You, oh, you mean that that part? 
Well, yeah, I mean, not not today, but for like next time. I, I want you to take us through, you know, this whole entire uh, class you were teaching in the past before, uh, but do it in piecemeal, uh, you know, little by little, you know? Yeah, it was because uh, actually it's a. Yeah, it's a five-year. Uh, I, I personally not bragging. I'm just just my background. I have over eighteen thousand hours of ancient texts, Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek uh, scripture, and historic. Uh, the, the, all the my teachers have all passed away. Uh, they're not around anymore. This is extremely rare information that only a few have. It's not taught in your regular universities, even your Ivy League schools. They don't have access to this information, but. Uh, Samson, before Samson was born, his mother was also, this is very interesting, just to highlight, the, his mother was also uh, commissioned to not cut her hair, not touch a dead body, or have any of the great product while she was pregnant with Samson, which, which I, I explain all this, and it's it's fascinating why. Uh, because this is this is a world reality that has been hidden from us deliberately. What is the whole thing with the grape? I, I thought grape uh, is it just fermented grape or grape in general? No, it's it's in general. Uh, see, you're cheating. You're wanting to get into the uh, <laughs> next week or the next. All right, all right. Well, let's say that for next week. But let's continue on with the conversation about you're you're you're, you're giving us a theme here where mm -hmm. you've had these oppressive evil forces and factions that were oppressing the people that were into all sorts of really bad high physics type stuff that they were involved into. We can call it witchcraft, whatever. Right. Uh, right. But then you, the, the, the good guys eradicate the evil and then the land healed itself. You mentioned about the land healing itself. Let's get further into what exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, because it, uh, the reason why I'm giving this historical, uh, I'm glad you brought this up. So here I'm starting to transition today's presentation. These historical facts are, are very crucial because it'll explain what we're experiencing now on planet Earth and what is to come because it is, uh, the, the Earth is going to go through some major changes. But uh, in all these historical, these are fractal patterns that keep repeating, but now we're going to see a, a global fractal pattern, which in this presentation, I just, just discussed locally in Palestine, but this is going to happen globally. Now, there is a way to survive this, and after this fractal pattern, it's phenomenal what the earth is going to experience. But the important thing is how do we prepare ourselves to survive what's coming? That's, that's the intent. So this isn't fear porn. This is to explain what we're, what we're seeing on Earth and weather patterns, why it's happening, and how to sur survive. And then what happens afterwards is just absolutely beautiful. So in these cases, the, the access powers, their customs, their rituals were very bizarre. Some of them were shapeshifters, uh, you know, like skinwalkers. Uh, they were involved in sorcery, child sacrificing, uh, bloodletting, uh, genetic experimentation. It, it, it was very uh, bizarre world. And the Israelites were supposed to not associate, uh, keep away from these uh, individuals. And they had a the descendants of Abraham had a different 
code of conduct. They had different morals and ethics. Uh, the way to tr- sure. whenever uh, there was an infestation or Israel started to mimic the Axis powers, the pagan nations, then uh, all heck broke loose, and then there had to be a reset or or, or a cleansing. Yeah, and that's because what happens is. If you have a community, now it's not, it doesn't take 100%, but let's say you have a village or a township. You can even go to a larger, like today, a modern city today, any any country. But what happens is we're all electromagnetic beings. We're energetic beings. I've mentioned before, I don't think this audience, it's no surprise. We have just under one volt per cell. We have trillions of cells. So we really have uh, trillions of volts of electricity. Trillions of volts of electricity were highly electrical, yeah, electromagnetic. It's just the way the cells are designed. The cells are isolated, uh, and we're, the way we're grounded to Earth. If you give someone a hug or a handshake, you don't electrocute them. But we are uh, high high voltage. So is plants, animals. That's just how this electromagnetic universe works. This could but, also mean why some people say I have an electric personality, Jet. Yeah, or people, yeah. <laughs> And some people kind of, uh, you might have a gut feeling, especially kids. Kids were yeah. real good about this. But, you know, you kind of have a gut feeling. You either really like someone or, or something's, you know, just not quite right. You know, I don't know what it is about him or her. I just, I don't feel, well, what it is, you're picking up the elect- electrical signature sure. uh, of, of an individual. Or some people say vibes. Someone's got good vibes, bad vibes. Those are all cousins, same terminology. But what I mean is, as a society, like in, in a particular township, if you have a majority of individuals, and uh, there's no easy way to say this, I'll come out and say it. Let, let's say that township, a lot of them like violent sports or they're, they're watching uh, horror movies, demonic movies, or the type of music they're listening to, uh, maybe their conduct as far as their ethics and morality uh, their thinking process. Let, let's say they're on the more, the negative side or lower vibration, whatever term you want to use that township. If you have enough people like that, they will affect the land, the plants, the animals, and the water of that region. A, a human township or society actually affects earth. Yeah. Makes because sense. the, the, the vibration, the electromagnetic emittance could contaminate uh, crops, soil, uh, water, your creeks, rivers, your, your aquifers, lakes, uh, or, or also uh, animals. So when you have a generation and longer behaving a certain way, like these access nations, or if Israel slipped into mimicking those, then what happens is the land actually gets polluted. It gets contaminated and the ecosystem. Yeah. So at a higher level, at a multidimensional level, what I would mention counter space or the ancient talks say at a, at a heavenly level, there were times where the land needed to be cleansed. And what was cleansed? It was the people that had that electromagnetic signature, their behavior, their culture, their customs, their, their holidays their celebrations, their sacrifices, whatever it might be, uh, they were wiped out literally uh, wiped out and then the land was able to and depending on how grievous the region was is how long the land had to be at rest for the land for the land to be able to reclimate or repair itself 
the reason why I bring that up is let's take Sodom and Gomorrah, for example, those uh, some refer to it as twin, twin cities, major metropolitan cities, extremely wealthy trade routes. The, the historical record of the behavior of those cities was so uh, grotesque. That's where we get sodomy and some of the English expressions today. I don't want to be a graphic, but if, if you were to look at the history, uh, it's not pleasant it, 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 at all. It's so greasy. It was so bad, and the contamination of the inhabitants, what it did to the land. Do you know where they are today, those two ancient cities? They're underneath the Dead Sea. Yeah, they are. Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay. So, in fact, let me do this. Let's see if I can get this today. Uh, I practiced a little bit before. It's Windows. So I go here, Share. Okay. Can you see this? Yeah, you you have our our call there. So you pick another tab and you can display it. Oh, I thought it's being displayed now. No. What you got to do is you got to go to present. What are you, what are you trying to share screen? Uh, then you can pick, uh, you know, if it's a Chrome tab, you select the tab you want to display. Then it will display that tab. And then you can yeah, share the audio. You can share the audio. Share screen. Mm-hmm. Now I've got the, uh, it's the Windows I want to do. You want to share the window? Well, I'm trying to share. So this picture is not popping up. <clears throat> no, it's no, not. No, you want to copy that image and send it over to me? Yeah, let's see. Let me do this. Because I'm seeing it on my end, but I guess it's not showing up on. Uh... If you're seeing it on your end, then. Uh, so you're trying to present the window. Yep. Okay, share screen. Um yeah, I'm sure I'm presenting the window. I'm clicking on that. Yeah. Um, how about now? You see it? No. Oh, Wait. it's yeah. It shows Steamyard is sharing it to uh, pictures of uh, it's the modern day cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and then uh, sure. Babylon. Okay, so I guess it's. I don't know why it's not showing I'm not up. Not sure. It's weird. I mean, but can, um, yeah, go ahead. The um, in the cities, uh, Babylon, for example, was at the time one of the largest empires to ever exist, and the, the geological region was was massive. Uh, when Babylon was destroyed, there's ruins today. You can go there. It's modern-day um, Iraq, not too far from Baghdad, but it's 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 a wasteland. And uh, that land also, uh, reclamation, the land's at rest. Yeah. So, boy, I w- wish I had the uh, – I could get this to work because I really wanted to – So it's not uh, it's nothing showing up on your end. I tried again. Oh. oh, now it's coming. Here we go. Do you see it? Yeah, yeah, it's up. Oh, okay. 
So what? I wonder if I do this. Can you see this? Yes. The, the You're in. Okay. Yep. Now it's finally done. All right. So on the left, uh, this is an eight, 1846. So it's this older black and white photo. Uh, 1846 on the left is uh, that's that waterway there. That's Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the twin cities location. And then to the right is ancient Babylon. One of the largest cities, it was so, so large that uh, the Euphrates ran right through the middle of the city. So they designed the city over the river, and that's all that's left. So if you look at history and what was conducted thousands of years ago, uh, three, four plus thousand years ago, it was so bad that the land is still at rest because of the energy signature of the inhabitants and what was being conducted. That's pretty major, right? You're like, that's unbelievable, that this isn't good because uh, the land's not usable. It's not like there's a 7-Eleven and a shopping center or amusement park anymore. So what 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 went on uh, is is staggering. Now, if this picture here, the, these are computer models uh, anticipating the Earth uh, being uh, terraformed. What the point of today's show is? What if these ancient patterns were a smaller fractal pattern of what's going to happen globally. Because if you look at also what was the conduct uh, historically of pre-flood, what, what, what was going on pre-flood and you had the land at rest because that was at a planetary event. Uh, we talked about that in previous shows where really the, the, the arc was more like a genetic vault. Uh, so it had human DNA, animal, plant DNA that preserved that event, but the whole uh, earth, the, the land had to be reconfigured and, and because of the behavior we're undergoing today. If, if you look at culture today, now this isn't hundred percent, but it doesn't take hundred percent. But if you have a large section of humanity with the customs and behaviors, the uh, electromagnetic signature, a lot of tox toxic land out there. So there's precedent, there's historical precedent using field theory and the earth where the earth is going to look different, but probably because if you look at this map, those are areas where there's heavy concentration of land contamination due to human social societal behavior. And it's going to be at rest for a long time. And then uh, the other land masses, if there's new land masses uh, coming up, then that's a virgin ecosystem that has not been contaminated by a society that at this point no longer exists. Because this is, this is a reset. This is the reset that should be focused on, not the one that uh, Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, keeps talking about. Because that type of individual or that, that mindset, they won't be around when the when the earth is terraformed and it looks like looks like this yeah well uh we're we're looking at uh, in last week's presentation the the phenomenon of the solar system harmonics and who controls solar systems for example who controls planet planets the the existence of planets or how solar systems react? Are they, uh, are they younger? Are they older? Are they merging uh, galaxies? Some galaxies are merging into one. Who, who controls this? At what level are we talking about? 
And uh, is the earth, which we as uh, research scientists and how we're trained to look at the earth and uh, classic cla are trained in field theory, we're seeing a pattern develop where there's going to be a major earth cleansing where the earth will be at rest for many thousands of years. And if that's the case, looking at historical, the ones that contaminated the land were always deleted or eliminated. Who remained on the land were those that were had an electromagnetic signature. They had a consciousness or a behavior that was in harmony with nature and harmony with counter space. Yeah. So I, did, I didn't want to be too sappy. Uh, uh, per se, and uh, come across as like a, a TV evangelizer. That's not, that's not meant. But, but I'm hoping that this presentation, uh, even though it's condensed from three hours, uh, I want people to, in the back of their mind, kind of think, if this is a case and there is historical precedence, and it's how you look at it from a, a, as a scientific perspective, if you look at it the way we do, as scientists, this is very clear, the uh, pieces of the puzzle, very clear. We think that this is what's happening. So what have we done? Well, uh, part of the uh, ancient prophecies or predictions and behavior is when the earth is mismanaged and say it's mismanaged by a culture or a society, again, not everyone, I'm not saying everyone participates in it, but if enough do and the land gets contaminated, one of the consequences is plagues or pestilences. Another word is pandemics. Right. Well, uh, knowing this, we, we started to prepare, and I did, on knowing that there would be uh, pandemics coming that would be uh, that would go viral, uh, highly pathogenic, and usually through uh, respiratory system, coughing, sneezing. It spreads quickly because it's pretty hard to exist without contact with your neighbor, commerce, trade, going to school or whatever, even visiting and socializing, you're, you're breathing, touching surfaces, uh, close proximity. So the, you've got that situation. So we knew that there'd be increases, not just one or two, but, but uh, more and more, uh, say, uh, respiratory or air and surface contaminants. So what we do? we developed technology that would work on air and surface. The other technology that we're working on is water, the restructuring, ener energizing, programming of water, and agriculture, how to, to get land to be productive without any uh, petroleum-based uh, chemicals or pesticides and herbicides, which, which are predominant today, but they're part of a, of a synthetic petroleum derivative that's not organic or natural and it, it's actually poisons so it poisons the soil poisons the water it poisons insects and then we eat it well there's poison when you have wheat flour soybean corn uh, whatever it might be well we're working on technologies because our technologies will come to effect when the earth looks like this after the reset hmm. what will happen is you'll have a society of humans that learn, uh, they, not only do they learn to, to get along, but they're operating with a consciousness or a mindset that is, is a, of a higher uh, vibration, a, a, uh, they're in, in, in 
harmony with nature and in harmony with, let's say, uh, God, divine, a, a source. Yeah. Now, they will, the land will be productive because of their electromagnetic signature. And then we have technologies that right now that we're experimenting with or proving successful. We'll have technologies that uh, are, are natural with the uh, Earth's natural electromagnetic vibration and signature where we're able to tune the soil and get the uh, natural energy. Tesla and others uh, knew about this in the late 18, early 1900s, how to uh, electrify the earth and get the seeds to germinate and extract nutrients out of the soil, as well as uh, energized water that is, is programmed. We have, for example, crops that have four or five times the production versus traditional commercial farming. And it's non-pollutant. It's all natural. So there's 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 going to be a society that survives this reset, and it's a society that lives. And uh, I know this sounds like that old Coca-Cola commercial, uh, "Kumbaya, grab your hands and uh, uh, drink a Coke." They had that ad in the '70s. But uh, the, the, there is a future. It actually is going to exist. Uh, we have technologies that will be rolled out then, not now, not under the current legal corporate government governance structure uh we're testing them now but when there's a reset and we have a, a a peaceful loving human society these technologies will be released freely to every man woman and child on planet earth it's going to be amazing so i i this time of year which is interesting because tomorrow april 4th is the uh historic historical actual date uh, it coincides with nice and 14, the, the, the Jewish calendar. Uh, so tomorrow's when the historical figure, very well known, uh, Jesus was put to death. And what was that all about? Well, it, it was uh, in reference to the fact that there would be a future time uh, predicted when earth would be uh, a beautiful, peaceful place to live with no uh, anxiety no heartache, no sickness, aging, death, where you have uh, reunification of those uh, loved ones that have died and are in the memorial tombs or they're in, they're in the grave. Completely different reality and world matrix than we have today. And uh, it, it's matching. So we have chronology, uh, timelines. We have solar system events. We have the earth behaving in certain ways. We have maps and modeling of what the earth might uh, look like. And you look at the regions that uh, are underwater and you just wonder, look at where these cities are located and, and what industries are located there. And is that, is that because the earth needs to be reconfigured so it can heal from what the people or society have done and the ones that are advanced spiritually and uh, are not acting uh, in a manner, they're, they're gonna survive. So there, it's absolutely good news. It's it's not it's not doom and gloom. I would say it's doom and gloom for those if you have a mindset or a behavior pattern like ancient Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, that's not my problem. That's that's someone using their free will, and they say, "Look, hey, this is my perspective in life. This is how I'm going to behave. It's my right to behave." Well, okay, that's their call. I, I'm choosing something different, but I think the outcome will be different based on how we use our free will and how we conduct ourselves. Um, 
that's the approach and the type of science, uh, the scientific group that I'm affiliated with. That, that's how we look, which is unique. You, you won't hear this in a university or any, any other, you know, YouTube or any other broadcast. But I thought I'd throw that out there. Um, we're going to see severe weather changes uh, to keep uh, to keep a lookout. Watch earthquake patterns. Look at where continental plates meet because we do believe that they're they're separating. So that's going to cause a lot of mayhem. Also, uh, very soon, you're going to start seeing sustained winds, winds of 40, 50, 60 miles an hour, not just one or two days, not just one or two weeks, but for months. And it's it's going to get very irritating and it's going to get global coverage because it's going to be very difficult for farmers to plant or harvest. It's going to be difficult for aircraft to and people are going to be wondering what is going on. These winds never stop. You know, it's not like Nebraska, which naturally has high winds because in Kansas, based on geography, the plains, but this is everywhere. And tornadoes will <clears throat> become more and more common other than Tornado Alley. I live in Tornado Alley, you know, parts of Missouri, Texas, Kansas, into Illinois, notorious for that. No, there's going to be tornadoes in areas that you hardly ever hear of. New Hampshire, Vermont, West Virginia. Uh, southern hemisphere because of the stresses that the earth is going through and electromagnetic interference. So high and low pressure systems. You're, uh, also, there's going to be phenomenons where there'll be basic real quick but temporary holes in the upper atmosphere where there'll be flash freezing. There'll be very cold where it's summertime supposed to be 90 degrees and sunny and there'll be snow snow in july and august that you've never seen before uh, during the summer just freak weather phenomenons like that and that's that's torsions and uh phantom harmonics in our solar system where the earth really acts schizophrenic and it really people start to become very nervous you know what's going on well the news media and the others will smell well this is climate change and is it no that's not they're doing that to try to, you know, there's political motives for that, but that's not what's really happening. So I, as this occurs, maybe you can think of today's presentation, go, well, I wonder what Jet was talking about, if there's some validity to that. Is this matching historical patterns in the past? Are we actually going to see this on a global scale, like he said? And if that's the case, the best thing I can do is, encourage people to do, I do it all the time, do some soul searching, maybe really look into a mirror metaphorically deeply and see uh, individually, how do we jive? Do we harmonize in, in a manner like we're designed to and we're in harmony with nature and how we treat one another? Or are we being influenced by something out there, some type of, of agenda or a system of things that tries to get us to behave in an unnatural way according to design. I don't know, you know, just some things to think about. So that's it for my soapbox. Excellent points, Jet. Lots to cover. And folks, again, you know, you have to go back and listen to this to and delve deeper into this. And Jet, I love what you're doing. I'm looking forward to the next time you come back here. Okay. To take us into a into further into the subject matter because this is very fascinating to say the least. Yeah, because it's you know it's it's tricky. Think of it from my perspective. 
I'm trying to keep the the topic interesting, but also neutral, because you, you have a wide audience, right? Yeah. So how, how do you present a material like, do you, say there's an audience and some are atheistic, some are agnostic, uh, some uh, re- read the Bible every day, some um, are, are, are maybe Hindu, Muslims, uh, some, there, there's a whole wide variety uh, of individuals that say listening to the show. I, I, I try to present the material in a manner that keeps people's minds open, uh, at least to engage in principles or concepts or ideas for self-examination. So that uh, through the rest of the week, maybe people go back and listen to this a second time uh, to formulate their particular perspective, where they are in life. Uh, Did this spark any interest or stimulate thinking? Because I'm not saying, you know, I'm very careful as far as I'm not giving my personal, I do have them, my personal, based on my studies and where I think, I, I try to not be biased in these presentations, but man, it, it's tough. I don't know, and I don't have any, sometimes I get some feedback, people text me or email me, I, I don't know how this, but but trust me with the listening audience, my intent, my intent is very genuine, uh, I care about everybody. And uh, I, th- I think that humanity uh, has been under attack for, for thousands and thousands of years. And I think there's definitely influences to get us to uh, bicker, be at each, at each other's throats, to behave in a very animalistic, unnatural way. And I hate to see anyone fall victim to that. And I'd like to try to sh- shatter that, uh, oh, what do you call it? that? that dark cloud or try to keep, try to wake people from being uh, zombie-like or drinking the Kool-Aid. And I thought, well, if I can stimulate thought or, or trigger dialogue, that, that might be the best thing. You know, yeah. that what they say, the pen is mightier than the sword. So trying to use intellect and stimulating conversation and thinking to me is more powerful than getting into debates and arguments. And he said, she said, and I, I don't go that route. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, thanks thank for letting me uh, uh, go on this presentation because I texted you and you said go for it. So uh, <laughs> I thank you for that, V. You're welcome, brother. Folks, this is The Outer Limits. He is Jet Blake, the scientist at large, and we will be back next week. And with that being said, subscribe, like, comment, share. And we're over and out.